Hey, Gavin. Hi, Louie. How's it going? It is as good as can be expected. I feel like I said that for the last episode, too, but I, I feel like that's that's my way of staying positive. You know what, Gavin? We're drinking. Your hair is long and in your face. Those luscious that's so locks. in my face. Okay, listen. Can I just talk about this for one second? I have the um, like just the fewest amount of locks on my head. Um, I... What was that? I was I just watched um, Con Mucho Mucho Amor, the oh, Walter yes. Mercado documentary, and all I could think of was, man, he's got so much hair and he's 87. Yeah. I have so little and I'm 33. 32? Hey, 33. I can't remember. I truly can't. It's one of those two. You don't look a day over 40. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you have the balding head of a 45-year-old. <laughs> but hey, Patrick Stewart just turned 80 today and he's mm. very bald. So He's very bald. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goals. And he's, I, he's handsome. So. Yeah. Him and Tucci are my like bald-headed goals. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? God doesn't give us both hands. <laughs> Unless he gave you that beautiful contralto voice. <laughs> I wish that was a contralto. I'm um I'm more I'm over I'm, I'm not a soprano. I don't know. I, I truly could not tell you what I was um a marching band nerd for so long. All I can play for you is the bassoon. Anyway, welcome everyone to the mixed reviews. Hi there, we are a film podcast in which we take a subject such as an actor, a director, or a mini-genre, and we talk about the entire history of it, and then we tell you what's good and what's not so good. Yeah, we take those reviews, and honey, they are mixed. Oh yeah, we put them in a magic bullet, we just get mm-hmm. them all, all yeah. mixed up. I, is that I what magic like bullets do? <laughs> I'm more of like a ninja, you know? Oh yes, correct. Um, the House of Ninja. House famously. of Ninja. Famously. Iconic uh, House of Ninja. Louis Ninja. <laughs> Louis Ninja. Oh, that's kind of fun. Um, yes, and we are still um, doing our deep dive exploration of Black Hollywood, uh, which started two episodes ago. Three. Three. Oh, that's right. Three episodes ago with Miss Angela Bassett. Uh, we then did Spike Lee. Last episode, we did Halle Berry. Uh, this is a very special episode where we asked you guys to vote on who we were covering. Uh, so you guys already know who we're talking about. We're talking about Miss Queen Latifah. Uh, but before we get to her, Gavin, we got some old business. We do have some old business, some some very fresh old business. Mm-hmm. The business, she's not that old. She's still, she's, she's, she's garden yeah. fresh. Yeah, she's looking uh, great. Um, we asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite Halle Berry movie. Um, and here are the results. Uh, Frankie and Alice came in at 14%. Monsters Ball came in at 17%. My pick, Baps, came in at 26%. And then Gavin's pick, again, you are on a roll. Things We Lost in a Fire, 43%, first place. Can I tell you, Louie, I was shocked. And I'll Can be I honest, I, I did the first like two days this poll was up, no one had voted things for Things We Lost in the Fire except for me. And I didn't campaign. I was like, listen, it's Baps. God has picked Baps. He has ordained. Gavin, and... I don't believe you for one second, you sneaky, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, sneak. You love to see me. My under in my shambles. underground legions, my yeah. my fives of fans. Your fives of fans that just love things you lost in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> hey friends, who wants to get weepy this weekend? Come on yeah. over. Yeah. Watch things we lost in this fire. <laughs> Yeah, everyone loves that. Meanwhile, I'm just watching Babs alone. Yeah, just now <laughs> we uh, we 
both are very good. Um, I, I, we definitely had um, some mixed reviews on Monsters Ball. And, um, I think we both thought that Frankie and Alice was really good. Yes. Um, but uh, thank you guys for voting. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Halle Berry, I think one of our more very mixed episodes. Like she's yeah. such a she's such a up and down kind of girl. Yeah, um, I, I, and I definitely. Uh, I think, I mean, clearly my opinion changed of her. I went in thinking like, oh, she does a lot of frivolous movies, whatever. Like, and then I came out of it being like, no, she's actually like a very good actor. And, uh, she's been really sort of fucked over by the system that, that once lauded her with praise. Uh, so. I think it's interesting, you know, kind of edging our way over to Queen Latifah, uh, doing them back to back was kind of interesting well first of all they both have done movies that famously have topless scenes and i thought there was such a different way that they were handled yes i think also queen latifah from a very young age took control of her career and the way that it was gonna like every single thing she does she is you know at the top of the list in charge of um as opposed to where halle berry feels like she really tried her best to play the game and it wasn't until later in her career when god who am i thinking of you said that told her that she needs to like make her own projects warren Beatty. warren Beatty, yeah queen latifah it feels like you know there was only a handful of movies that i'm sure we saw where her name is not on there as an executive producer right and and the interesting thing is uh she got that advice really young from her mom her mom was a huge part of and we're gonna get into this in the rewind but a mom is her mom is a huge part of her foundation as as an artist in terms of how she handled her money and how she picked projects and and the introducing her to the right people you know, my mother knows her kids and she's always seen she's watched this develop in me she introduced me to the dj who would become my producer as a matter of fact because my mother was a a high school teacher um, and a class advisor show. So when they had like fundraisers, she hired the DJs for the party, you know, and, and that DJ went on to be my first producer. And so I think my mother was just in touch with the pulse of, of the youth and what was going on. And she encouraged and supported, you know, the youth and my partner, Shaquem, uh, she, she, he was one of her students as well. So she got what was happening. She saw this thing happening, probably the way rock and roll happened, you know, in her day. And she was the one who actually opened up uh, my first uh, account with Merrill Lynch. She, she opened up accounts for my partner and I both and, and, and was like, oh, no, we need to make sure your money is over here. So, <laughs> again, she, yes. us, she helped us out. Which is not to say that her mother was connected. She was just a very yeah. uh, smart businesswoman and and a, a person who, who realized the talent that her daughter had and never told her, Oh, you can't do this. Right. But was like, you can do this, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. it. It almost feels like Queen Latifah has always seen her career as a business. She's yeah. always seen her, whatever they're singing, acting, all the other side projects she's doing. It's all business. Halle Berry, I think was a little more naive and she was trying to just like, do the art before the art of it. She was never interested in, you know, the business side of it. Whereas Queen Latifah was approaching it in a way broader scope, um, bigger picture. Um, Which is not to say that Queen Latifah is like all serious all the time. <laughs> right. In going through the interviews for this episode and trying to find the, the right sound bites, one of the great things is that she is, she's so alive. She's so animated and so fun and so likable. And, and she yeah. wants people to like her, but not in a way that feels 
desperate or she's not she, a try hard. No, not at all. She's just silly and 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 friendly and I don't know. I I really I fell in love with the with the Queen Latifah who who I could see in the interviews and I was just like, "Oh, she just seems like a genuinely chill, fun person." Yeah, she's like immediately a star and like and she has that i mean she's a beautiful woman but from the inside you can see her when she's on screen i kept thinking i was like is she a stand-up comedian because she's so funny but she's not she's not like a a classically trained comedian or anything but i mean the clips of her on snl are so good she's so she has that same thing that melissa mccarthy has that same like inner star that just like oozes out of her pores and no matter if it's her singing or it's acting when she's doing serious comedy it's just always there it's that special something um and i think that's the reason why she was the overwhelming winner for our poll about who we were going to do for this episode she's the queen and why don't we get into the rewind Queen Latifah was born Dana Elaine Owens, um, and she was born in Newark, New Jersey. And it's so funny, literally, I was watching, I think it was Hairspray with Derek, and I said, wasn't Queen Latifah born in Newark? And he's like, I don't know. And I looked it up, I was like, she was. How did I know that? I don't know. I think she exudes this kind of, like, uh, tri-state kind of, like, vibe. I think she also very much, like... In her music and her career, like, she's always kind of... I, I mean, I was looking up old videos of her on MTV, and she fully... Like, she had just broken through. She, like, managed video rental stores and, like, was an entrepreneur, businesswomana. I, it, it blew my mind. She's literally like, yeah. And, and their whole gag... I'm getting so ahead of myself, but it's so fun. The whole gag of her video-to-go store was that they would deliver the videos you wanted to rent to your house. See, we come to people's houses at videos to go. We deliver, but if you don't bring your movie back on time, we'll come to your house and get it. So she invented Netflix. She invented Netflix. Cool, Um, cool, cool, cool. So (laughs) Queen Latifah, I hope she got those royalties, honey. Exactly. She owns 51% of this company. Yes. Um, So yes, she was born in Newark, uh, but she primarily lived and grew up in East Orange, New Jersey, uh, which I believe is South Jersey. Um, I oh, I don't not... know geography of Jersey, baby. No, 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 no. I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, New Jersey, I'm so sorry, sweetie. We don't know you. No, we do not. Uh, You're there. We know <laughs> it. <laughs> we can see you, girl. Yeah. You're... You keep doing your thing. Exactly. We'll just watch from afar. Um, keep it up. <laughs> Dana, who sh- and, and to this day, when Queen Latifah goes to interviews, she introduces herself as Dana. You know, like I was reading all these magazine profiles and she's like, hey, I'm Dana. And I, I just think that's so like, she's so humble. So yeah. she doesn't take herself. I mean, to give yourself the name of Queen Latifah, that's your, you know, stage name. But she doesn't, you know, I, walk I read like, in one of those interviews that she gave herself Queen because she didn't want to call herself like MC or DJ. Right. Right. Like, and I, right. I love that. I love that she's like, oh, yeah, like MC, DJ. No, thank you. No, no. Queen. Queen Latifah. <laughs> uh, she is the daughter of Rita LeMay, uh, who was, uh, I believe, an art teacher at Irvington High School. And uh, Lancelot Amos Owens. Um, what a name. Lancelot. Yeah. Um, who was a police officer. Um, she went to a Catholic girls high school in Irvington. Um, but she graduated from Irvington High School. She 
often describes her childhood as very normal. She said that they weren't poor, but they weren't rich. Um, her parents, uh, she loved them very much. They got divorced when she was 10 years old. She was best friends with her um, older brother. Uh, they would go to church. They would just, it was a very normal life. She had, she was, uh, her grandma was always around. Uh, there was nothing kind of too uh, out of the ordinary, I think you, you might say, um, for her childhood. I've heard two different stories about how she got her name. Um, I've read that a cousin named her uh, Latifa, but I've also uh, read and listened to like many bio docs on her that she found the name Latifa in a uh, in the in a book of Arabic. Uh, names when she was really young but i but i also have read that that her like she had a muslim cousin who started calling her latifa oh interesting okay because i was gonna say i've i've heard her say in interviews that she, what did she say like, just that she named herself like not bring up the cousin a cousin but, but i mean that's that's all conjecture that could easily be the right. truth as well and it could just be part of the story that she's cutting out for time right i mean i definitely have heard her say you know that the uh, she it means delicate, um, yeah. and she thought it was really, um, she thought it was really beautiful, and so she took the moniker on. Uh, she was always a uh, bigger woman. She has said she's like I, I knew I was never going to be skinny, I was never going to be looking like other girls, but the um, the the support and love from her family. I think some of the most important things that I've learned are some of the things that I learned growing up. And it's all of the values that my parents instilled in me and the constant feeding of self-esteem, high self-esteem and working on your confidence and self-love. All those things are extremely important and they carry you um, and faith in God. Those things have carried me throughout my career. She was a tomboy. She loved playing basketball. She loved, uh, you know, playing with the boys. Uh, and that was just her truth and who she was. Um it's it's so funny. I always because she always seems so tall on screen mm-hmm. as well that I, the finding out which is tall for a woman, but finding out she's only five ten, I yeah. was like, oh, I'm I'm taller than Queen Latifah. Right, I was, I was like, I, that shocked she, me. Like, she's an inch taller than me and like a couple shorter than you. She's the medium of us. Yes, um, <laughs> you put us together, you get Queen Latifah. Yeah, I've said it for that, years. That is the I'm equation. Saying it now. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, she was always singing as a child in, in church and stuff. Uh, she performed uh, in the musical uh, The Wiz while she was in school. Uh, and so she was a very musical person. Uh, she attended the Borough of Manhattan Community College after high school. But she quickly kind of just like leaves that behind. And I cannot express enough that how quickly she pivoted to focusing on music. Yeah. And she fucking did it. My second job was at a, a record store called The Wiz, and I was selling my own record. Like, it was vinyl at that time. And oh I was seven years old when my first single came out. And people would come in the store and ask for my record. And it was like, you know, that's me, right? It would be Amazing. funny. You know? And they're like, huh? This is you? And I'm like, yeah, you want me to sign it for you? It was kind of a joke. I'm 17, you know? And then I started college at uh, BMCC, Borough Manhattan Community College. And then I left school. I left because I was like, this record is, these records are starting to play on the radio and I'm starting to get shows offers and I need to really focus my attention on this 
career, this rap career, and I'm going to put everything I have into it. So I had a conversation with my mom. I said, Mom, Mom, I want to take a year off from college and I'm going to put 100% into this career, this rap thing. And if it doesn't work, I promise you, I'll go back to school. And she was, you know, hanging around with uh, this group called Ladies Fresh, which was, uh, she was beatboxing for. Um, and she was just, you know, hanging around with all these people. She gave uh, a demo uh, to Five Fab Five Freddy, who was the host of Yo MTV Raps, if you don't remember her, um, <laughs> and that demo got the attention of Tommy Boy Music, um, and so they signed her pretty quickly. Um, and she might have been seventeen at the time when she had started. Yes, but like, can you imagine? Like, you just have finished high school. You like dabble in college, and you say nope. Um, so her first. Uh, album comes out in 1989 and she just immediately kind of is gaining recognition and notice for her uh not only her i mean her rap stylings of course but also what she's rapping about yeah, she's the not content. Rap, she's talking about women's rights and feminism and uh you know unity and and the community she's very um in tune with her community. She loves that she's from Newark and Jersey. Uh, and she also, I mean, I, and I heard her say, she's like, I first started singing, but rap was my soul. Rap was what brought me to life. Um, and her parents were very supportive. They were like, oh, she's pretty good at this. And um, she can get down. She's like burning through, you know, albums. Um, and it's in this time, early on in her career, she suffers a pretty big tragedy in her brother passing away. She yeah. gifted him a motorcycle um, after she's like seeing success um, from her career. She gifts him a motorcycle and they loved riding around together. He was a police officer as well. He had followed in the footsteps of his father um, and he uh, gets in a wreck and he dies. And she is just, you know, grief stricken. You know, she feels like she gave him this motorcycle um, and, and, you know, he died riding it. Um, it leads her to a really dark place. And actually, she ends up having a very brief uh, drug addiction, which mm -hmm. she's talked about a tiny bit. But it seems like she was able to move beyond that pretty fast. But still, that's a that's a scary place to be. She actually ends up taking the key from his motorcycle and putting it around a chain. And she continues to wear that key around her neck through the early part of the 90s. You can see it in a lot of her red carpets and you can see it in basically every episode of Living Single. Having lost my brother when I was 22 years old, one of the closest people in my entire life, when that happens to you and, and you can't even make a fist because you've lost the strength in your hands. I have faith, but I questioned a whole lot of things. I questioned so many things. I questioned God. I needed to understand why this happened. Why would this happen? Yeah, she said that, you know, she was just trying to numb the pain and not feel things. Um, she wrote, I think, um, her, uh, an album, Black Rain, and she said it was just all about her brother. And that was, you know, her getting all this grief out. Uh, she ends up winning um, a Grammy um, f for a song on that album. Unity. And, yes, Unity. Um, and... It's Which I, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like Unity is like the jam. Like that is when I was a little kid. Like that's who I knew Queen Latifah was, even before like Living Single and everything. It was like U N I T Y Unity. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. I found so many interviews with her of people that were like, you know, when I was a little kid, I loved Unity. And one of my favorite was uh, Raven Simone was like, <laughs> not Raven like, Simone. Yeah, she was like, I I met you when I was like on the we, we did an episode of hanging with Mr. Cooper together. And I met you and I started rapping Unity at you. And my mom was like, don't you dare say bitch. And she was like, but, <laughs> but I, I have to. It's in the lyrics. <laughs> Living single is also about to get picked up. Um, and so she talks about how like her career and her professional life was really taking off. But her personal life was kind of in the dumps. Um, she gets, uh, like we talked about in the Spike Lee episode, her first film moment is in jungle fever and it's a very quick scene as a waitress yeah she's a waitress who is very pressed that wesley mm-hmm. snipes has brought a white woman to yes. a black restaurant not on her watch uh, do you have a problem yes i do have a problem to be honest with you fake tired brothers like you coming in here that's so typical i can't even believe you brought her stringy hair ass up here to eat oh let me tell you something first of all miss al sharp you, you don't have it's your, not your business you who i bring in here somewhere else okay? it's not your business you are a waitress your job is to wait holly berry's first film was also jungle fever jungle fever gave us so much wow i didn't even this was not on purpose yeah so she does jungle fever she gets living single um, this is also around the time where she was the victim of a carjacking that really shook her up. She um, gets pulled over bec- and she has some weed on her. She, you know, also has a gun on her. It's a, a lot of, she again, like a lot of turmoil happening in her life. And this is around the time where she uh, kind of, you know, decides to get rid of all of that stuff. And she finds God essentially like long story short, she, and to this day, she's very faith oriented. Yeah. I found a lot of interviews with her where she talks about her faith. Um, It's very important to her. And you know, if, if you find something that works more power to you. Yeah. Um, Does that sound cynical of me? Because it is, I'm sorry, but, (laughs) but, but yeah, no, I good, good for her. Yeah. So jungle fever happens in, in 91 and this is like from 91 to like 95 i'd say where living single is on um gavin i'm assuming you've seen living single yes i i've seen so much of living single though i had not seen any of the last season the fifth season and Mm -hmm. i watched the finale today just as like uh oh what happened and i was so confused two of the characters weren't there and (laughs) yeah i was just like i don't i don't know i had never seen an episode (gasps) of living single Yes, but I did. I watched uh, six episodes, and then I was like, I need to stop right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I that was actually... a three-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm done with that. Um, I think it's really fucking good, and it's really funny. I think the, the, the women on that show, just like, so good. Why does this keep happening to me? Because you keep looking for someone to carry you. Well, what's wrong with that? They keep dropping your ass. I am shocked at how well it aged. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched a bunch of episodes in preparation for this just because I hadn't seen it in so long um, besides the finale. And I was like, this is funny and it's not lowest common denominator jokes. It's right. not hateful in any way. And it's just, well, you know, I and I only say that because I feel like there's a lot of sitcoms from the early 90s 
uh, to the yeah. mid '90s that did not age as well right. and definitely have some problematic opinions and problematic jokes. The other crazy thing about Living Single specifically is it's a Warner Brothers produced show, and essentially the head of NBC is asked during that year what his ideal show would be. When Living Single came out, um, shortly thereafter, Warren Littlefield, who was president of NBC, NBC, they asked him if he could have any show on television, any of the new shows, which one would it be? And he said Living Single. It was in the newspaper. And the next thing you know, here comes Friends, which was an amazing show. And, yeah. and they did a great job with it. So, I mean, if you're going to rock it, that's the way to do it. It's the same fucking show. It's the same show, except whiter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, not just whiter, but like and all white, whiter <laughs> and uh-huh. whiter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And it's not like I, I don't know. I love the fact that living singles about four women and two guys and not yeah. about three guys and three women. And um, right. there it's about working women. It's women who have jobs that would able to would, would make them able to maintain the type of apartment that they have in the show. Right. They're successful women. Absolutely. Professional women. Which is the opposite of Friends, because Friends seems to be about six friends who can never keep a steady job, except for Ross, because he's the worst. Right. Uh, and, and so, like, I don't, I don't know. It's just funny to watch this this sort of Black Mirror reflection of living single becomes the what is considered one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, like, exposes all the flaws of when you take something and you make a copy of it. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think I saw criticism of, like, oh, Living Single is just these women, like, talking about men the entire time. And Queen Latifah was like, yeah, these are successful women who are single in New York City. What right. the fuck? It's, like, it's in the title. <laughs> it's like... oh, right. It's And it's, like... You men get to sit around and talk about women all the time. Why the fuck can't these black women do the same thing? Um, so yeah, it's very funny. And I believe, am I wrong? Is it all on Hulu right now? It is all on Hulu. And also there has been like rumblings, but there's also been rumblings for like the last five years about like a reunion maybe or a revival. So we'll see. We'll see if we get to hear Queen Latifah do uh, that theme song with It's a 20s kind of world. It's a Chinese kind of world. I love 90s shows where like, come on, it's the 90s. <laughs> Everyone's gay. It's the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I still say that. <laughs> She's almost immediately this multi-hyphenate, putting out records. She's on TV. She's doing these supporting roles in Jungle Fever, House Party 2. Um, it, in 1996, though, is really when it, this kind of breakthrough moment in uh, Set It Off. Um I, again, I had never seen Set It Off. Uh, I had I heard about I need it. to stop gasping. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> um, yeah, I and I had I had heard about it. I knew about it. Um, Set It Off is buck wild. Like it's. And I think I even read that. She, so she plays uh, Cleo, who is this like butch lesbian woman who is like rough. She likes getting high. She has a hot femme girlfriend. All right, Louise, you take Thelma over there and y'all go rob another bank if you all that. Fuck you. I know you ain't finna back down on us now that we need you. I want some more motherfucking money. Cleo, you are real high and you acting real stupid. 
You need to get that gun off my face. The movie is just like very groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think if this episode was about um, Jada Pinkett Smith, I think we would talk about it more because she is far and away, I think, the best part of this. She's the lead. Yeah. She and uh, she genuinely is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, she, and she's very good. But I also just, you know how I feel about Kimberly Elise. I think she is so good. Uh, you also get Vivica A. Fox in this movie. Yeah. And um, Vivica A. Fox, who gets some like classic emotional Vivica A. Fox moments. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally, the, the opening of the movie is her getting held up at a bank and then the police accusing her of having something to do with it. And just the whole like, Where's your fucking procedure now? Yeah. Like, the, I mean, set it up. I, I will say it's a hard watch, especially right now. There is. Um, yeah, it's literally po- just police violence over and over and over again throughout the movie. Right, police violence over and over again. And then asking these black people to be like, no, it's enough. This time it's fine. Like, fuck yeah. you. Uh, the best scene, though, and... <laughs> for me truly is them when they're at they're all um custodians at this building or something and they're pretending to be like the godfather yes i think it's so funny and so good and i could watch them like the tension of this movie is that they are all there's like these the normalcy of their normal lives and then like how quick they are to turn to um aggressive sometimes violence and like running cars through buildings and it's like so the, there is tension and there's a lot of high stakes in the movie. Um, Dumb fun trivia about that scene specifically. It was rumored that it cost the film half its budget to use the music from The Godfather. Oh, wow. You know what? Worth it because that scene <laughs> slaps. Let's just all say it right now. She has long been rumored to be closeted. Um, she was in a feud with Foxy Brown where Foxy Brown was saying that she was a lesbian. Yeah. Um Real, has, real cool, Foxy, by the way. Some real homophobic right. shit coming out of it. Right. So uh, fun. Like, oh, you're gay. Um, Queen Latifah has even said, you know, at that, before the movie came out, she like sat her family down and said, this is the character I'm playing. People are going to say things. I just want you to know, like, you know, this is a role that I'm playing and uh, not to think much of, of it. Uh, and she's good in it. I mean, she's She's terrifying. great at it. Yeah. I think Cleo Cleo is like the most uh, intense of the bunch. She's the one who's like demanding more money, demanding more bank robberies. She has always been very private. She's I mean in all of the interviews she's like that's the funny thing about private lives. They're private. And you know, respect and power to her. I think she's always been in charge of her career and her life and this part of her life I don't think it's any different. I will say that she has been um she has supported gay rights and gay marriage and equality she in the the very cringe moment of the people getting married at the grammys she was the one who officiated that um which is a kind of a fun little historical fun fact thing um which gay or not who cares it felt right in the moment i was like ah queen latifah's officiating the gay wedding at the grammys yes <laughs> i approve um so there is that. This will not be the last time we see her playing an LGBT character. Yeah. Um, the next big uh, moment, I think, uh, is in 1998's Living Out Loud. Gavin, do you live out loud? <laughs> I do. 
I saw this movie today, and um, again, I think we would talk about it more if we were doing a Holly Hunter episode. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a very interesting and weird little movie that would never be made today. Yeah, um, 100%. And and it, it, it's interesting because it is very much a, a writer's film, um, yeah. a writer turned director, and, and it's it, it like definitely follows the beat of its own drum. I love her in it. I love Holly Hunter. I love Danny DeVito. There's that amazing dance scene when when Holly Hunter tries E and yes. like and, and, she that's goes a, to and that's another like moment where Queen Latif is at like a gay club and yeah and and there's even like she's dating a gay dude I was like okay what's good Queen Latif is introducing Holly Hunter to poppers here or something I don't understand <laughs> but it's really fun um I think she sings a lot in the movie and I think maybe she this does is the first time that you that maybe if people only knew her as like the rapper Queen Latifah She's singing and like singing. I heard she worked really hard to get this role. Um, she's third build, and even though she's not really, she's not in that no, much. She's got she's got a couple really choice scenes. One of my favorite is um, a patron at the bar comes up to her and basically just white guilts all over her. Because when you sing, it's not about just you. It's not about now. It's the whole black experience. You know what I'm saying? Because you see, black people, African-American people, when they sing sentimental songs, not sentimental, not sentimental, right? You know why? why? Because why? they have the pain. Because they have the pain to back yes, it up. Yes, I have the it's pain. It's the pain. I'm full of you pain. You have the pain. You are That's absolutely right. right. That's right. Well, you know what? Well, thank you so much you're for welcome. coming. Thank you. You, thank you, know, you, you are so great. You're <laughs> oh, so great. I think you're great. You bring you your know? friends next I time. Love you. you know what? You keep on singing. You keep on singing now. I got plenty of bad times to sing about. Don't you worry. I'm going to keep singing. Okay. You get home safe. No, this is your fault. This is her fault. Why? Because you said I was rude. <laughs> Ever since you said I was rude, it's like I got to talk to every psycho that comes into places so I don't feel bad. Living single ends. Uh, yes. And it doesn't go out with a bang, which is really frustrating. The final episode gets like, gets like a moment of closure, but not. And she then gets her own tv talk show this will be yes one of two talk shows that she has over the years uh this mm-hmm. one lasts only for a season and it's a very like um uh ricky lake sort of like like your sister's dating a black man are you going to teach your child like your parents taught you don't look at me like i'm crazy this is your family <laughs> she then later gets a second queen latifah show same being They're this both called the queen latifah yeah, show being a smart businesswoman she retains the rights so she gets a second tv show um and that uh last two seasons and that's a very different setup she's interviewing celebrities she's interviewing former presidents it's just funny to watch the the difference change but right but that would bring us into the 2000s right so you know she she tries her hand at the talk show stuff doesn't really work out but in 2002 she auditions three times goes up against uh the likes of kathy bates former um subject of the pod, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, um, but finally secures the bag and is Mama Morton in 2002's Chicago, which I think most people would either say that is A, one of the best movie musicals of all time, and B, heralded, um, was on the surge, the upswing of the new modern movie musical. I think when you watch it, it's much more apparent that the modern movie musical owes a lot more to it than, say, something like Moulin Rouge. Though Moulin Rouge is is amazing and successful, it's so chaotic and and all over the place and 
and Chicago's so much more structured and so much more theatrical. Right. If Moulin Rouge was like the white smoke saying, hey, there's there's a fire girl like Chicago was the blaze that just like ripped through Hollywood saying like this can be done and you can use uh, everything that makes film great to tell a theater story well. Um, because I, rewatching Chicago, I was I mean, me and my friends were like, I did not remember that Chicago was this good. It's yeah, very, I, very good. I went in really cynical. I went in being like, oh, yeah, like, there's no way this movie... Like, I liked it when it came out, and I was like, there's no way this movie holds up. It actually does, and it's really shocking because I don't love Rob Marshall as a director, but I think his direction of this movie is really tight, and Bill Condon's script is obviously a huge uh, boon to the to the production itself. That cast is really amazing. Catherine Zeta Jones like really throws herself into every physical thing that she has to do. My one complaint, which is such a bitchy minor complaint, is that tell me, tell me, as a former tapper, oh god, I do not think Richard Gears. Never mind, don't tell me. <laughs> I do not think Richard Gears tap dance as Billy Flynn is that impressive. He's doing nothing with his arms. Wow, where is the arm work, Richard? Where is the arm work? Where are the jokes? There is, with, with Catherine Zeta-Jones, a close second, like, vying for first. I don't think anyone is better cast than Queen Latifah. Right. Like, she owns the role. And it's, uh, they cut out the second song that she has with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. So she only has one big number. And, but... God, does she own it from beginning to... And it's the intro song. It's the introduction of her. Don't you know that this hand washes that one too when you're good to mama? Mama's good to you! She just bursts out. Her tits are up. She's got the... I mean, and I think she just looks so at home and so good in period costume and dress. She's just like milking every ounce of charisma uniqueness nerve and talent she has she sounds great like it's it's a very good performance it's so funny too when you say that she is so perfectly cast because i always think of that scene in contrast with her very next scene which is roxy's character played by uh renee zellweger observing her and velma kelly played by Catherine zeta jones having a private conversation and most of it's done through like reflection and through a crack right. in the door. And yet still with both of them on screen, the only person you can look at is Queen Latifah because she just yeah. owns it. She just yeah. owns every second she's the on screen. She's so good. And I mean, even like the bigger picture of Chicago, it's like, God, the, the scenes like the the maximalist everything. It's so good, in fact that she gets an oscar nomination um she's going up against um the eventual winner Catherine zeta jones her co-star um very well deserved Catherine zeta jones like fucking rules that movie um so queen latifah is one of five hip-hop and r&b artists to receive an academy award nomination in an acting category uh will smith got one uh jennifer hudson obviously jamie fox and mary j blige who uh we talked about very recently um, so, I mean, that's like very, um, I don't know, that, 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 that's quite the crowd, you know? Yeah. Uh, and she did it way back in 2002. The only one who had done it before her was Will Smith the year before in Ali. Once Chicago happens and there's Oscars and people are really getting to know her outside of music, because I think before then it was, she was 
primarily known as a musician. Right. After Chicago, she is squarely in the mainstream. Uh, she does Bringing Down the House with Steve Martin, which I rewatched and was so shocked at how much I didn't like it because I remember when it first came out, I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. He's hilarious. This movie's the best. And she executive produces this movie. She And she like even said, like, I will not be in this movie unless I executive produce it. So again, she is in charge of her career. The next year she does Taxi, which is kind of like a big critical bomb that she does yeah. with fucking Jimmy Fallon, Barfzilla. Um, I can't even stand his face. I can't stand his face at all. Uh, whoever thought, you know, ah, yes, Jimmy Fallon, New York police officer, that that sack of twigs. The, the, also, the joke, the entire joke of that movie is he can't drive. That's it. That's it. Right. That's the big joke. Watching this movie, watching Taxi, sapped my will to live. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I should just end it. I have been in quarantine for three months, and this is what people <laughs> consider comedy. <laughs> the, the Giselle Bündchen of it all. Oh, anyway, yes. in 2005, she leads the uh, barbershop spinoff Beauty Shop, which we talked about for our... Um, Alfred Woodard episode. Our Alfred Woodard episode. I did not watch it for Alfred Woodard. I did oh. watch it for this. Um, I think then you said that she was one of the bright spots in this movie, or um, or maybe you said that for Steel Magnolias. I said Either it way. for Steel Magnolias. Yeah, yeah. You were right. Um, both of those were movies that I did not watch for Alfred Woodard, but I did watch for this. Um, Beauty Shop is very fine. Yeah, it's it's very middle of the road. I do enjoy, and I, I did mention this for Alfred Woodard, Alfred Woodard's character just always busting out Maya Angelou. Just yeah, like, yeah. Like, that was a good running gag. In the next year, she does she has a small part in Stranger Than Fiction, which we talked about in our Emma... Thompson Thompson episode. Uh, she also starts dabbling in uh, some animation stuff. She's a voice in Ice Age: The Meltdown, uh, and I, th- I believe she's like in a lot of those sequels. She's making her fuck you money, which good for yeah, you, girl. Absolutely, buy another boat. <laughs> yeah, uh, in two thousand six, I think her bet her next big movie is The Last Holiday, um, which I hadn't seen, but I had heard a lot of people talk about how it is just the sappiest. Um, sincerest, yeah, and they're not wrong. I mean, like, it's I, I don't often like to quote Roger Ebert, but he referred to the movie to the movie as being a hug, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to. There are movies where it's like they're really aiming for that, and I think we'll get to one of those movies later. But the last holiday really does like it's hard to be cynical and boohoo it right. when truly it's like the message is just live like you were dying you know and she and i think she's like a really she finally gets to turn down her like um her volume a little bit yeah she's you know in a lot of these other ones she's asked to play the bombastic um kind of fish out of water black character in a white world type thing um which is exploitative and stupid um in this movie she gets to actually just be you know a woman who works uh at a uh you know kind of like a dillard's macy's type situation right she has a crush on the guy um, played by cool j casual ladies Um, really do love cool james Uh uh-huh but like it's so sweet she loves cooking and she has all these dreams but like she hasn't really like chased them and she gets a false you know uh diagnosis that she's gonna die in three weeks and so she just 
yeah, hipscops her, her way through Europe and just li- lives her life like she wants to. She's going to die. It's a remake of an old British film starring Alec Guinness. That old British film is a little more um, sarcastically twinged. In fact, uh, his character meets a cruel exit at the end after finding out that he's not actually dying, um, which a lot of people <laughs> ruffled their feathers a bit. Uh, but the remake had been floating around for a really long time and John Candy was circling it and then he passed away and Queen Latifah's people found it and she decided to put her efforts towards it and have the movie, you know, restructured a bit for her. And and I do, I do like you said, it. you know, it's kind of warm and fuzzy. It's heartwarming. She has amazing chemistry with every single actor that's on yes. screen. I mean, she'd like... The scenes between her and Gerard Depardieu are really funny and sweet. You and I, we know the secret of life. Well, what is that? The secret of life is butter. <laughs> butter? Tell the why. There's a really great episode of It Pod to Be You about this movie specifically. If you want to know more, I would highly recommend you going over and listening to that podcast because uh, I'd listened to that episode before I'd seen this film and it set me up really well for it as well. It gave me a new appreciation. I think this is a movie I probably would have been a little more cynical about like, oh, this right, is, right. you know, but uh, that gave me a newer appreciation for it. So um, in 2007, she returns to the movie musical world and um, plays a Maybelle and Hairspray uh, and Hairspray also is really good. You know, the 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 movie, um, I the it's only like fun. So, the only sore spot for me in that movie is Mr. John Travolta. Because mm-hmm. um, that performance is fucking wild. And I don't know what accent he was trying to go for. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a, one of those I understand the reasoning behind it because the idea is that like, oh, they needed to cast a big celebrity to play that role which i think is bonkers because they populated the rest of the film with celebrities as well so it's a strange thing to be like oh we need celebrity on celebrity on celebrity but like harvey firestein was right there and it even and even more so the fact that when they did it years later live on nbc they it was harvey yeah they brought harvey back because he just is the modern edna turnblatt her version of I know where I've been. Oh, she gets the um, number. She gets the number. Yeah. It's it's kind of iconic. And there's pride in my heart. Cause I know where I'm going. Yes, I do. And I know where I've been. Yeah. I love her hairspray. I love her I love hairspray. Uh I, I wish the <laughs> I, I I wish there was a better director, but whatever. Uh, we don't we don't have to get to. Uh, sorry, Adam Shankman. Sorry. So you think you can't dance? <laughs> you know his the his choreography. Mwah, there's great choreography in that movie. It's tight. It's fast. It's crisp. Uh, his eye for direction is not my favorite. I mean, there's so the, mu- like it's so clear when you watch the NBC live version. They're like, oh, so much of this is just verbatim the stage show just transferred into a more realistic setting because it doesn't look like the John Waters film, not by mm-hmm. any means. So I I don't know. I'm, I take a little umbrage with, with that, but we can get into that when we do our Zac Efron episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lady's choice. Uh, 
in 2008, thank you, thank you. Uh, in 2008, uh, she does Mad Money, which we also talked about with Diane Keaton. Yeah, that was something I was not going to rewatch. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry, sweetie. That movie is trash. Yeah. Um, in 2008, she also does The Secret Life of Bees. Um, those bees have some secrets, honey. <laughs> I had never seen this movie before. Yeah, I had not I, seen it either. I didn't realize it's literally like Alicia Keys, Jennifer Hudson, uh, and, and Queen Latifah. I'm like, these are all just like these titans uh, of like R&B world. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Just the R. Okay. For a second there, I was like, are you going to leave out the love of my life, Sofia Akinado? Because I, I fucking love Sofia Canedo so much. I had to like pause the movie in the middle and like leave the room and be like, how many times have we seen Sofia Canedo on stage, Dan? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, that'd be a weird thing to keep a list of. But <laughs> but she's so good and just one of my favorite actors. Uh, but anyways, but you're yeah, right. She, she's not an she R&B very person. Good. So. Right. But I, I literally all I could think of was like, is Janelle Monae going to come in like any second, <laughs> you know? Uh, because like I was like these are three little known I, facts Paul Bettany's not in that movie it's Janelle Monae in a mask <laughs> Secret Life of Bees it's fine I, I think it's like a well done movie it's um you know it's it's mostly good the early 2000s to the mid 2000s is such a weird time for race relations and yeah and like obviously we're still in it and we're still there and like things haven't gotten better but more things have come to light in the in like the last <laughs> three and a half years for certain reasons <laughs> <laughs> that uh uh and right. i don't know it it like it struck me as just it was another it was very much like the help in a way that it's like we're going right. to talk about racism but your window into racism is a young white girl and yeah. and i was like oh come on and it like obviously there's certainly a couple more risks than something like the help but i was still like Really? Yeah, it's very it's it's very palatable for yeah. and like you know like oh look and and look at these nice three black women who are taking care of this white girl yeah like, it's it's very and, the, and they're like they're not magical but it feels that way at points like they they got their wall with their secrets and like yeah, yeah. um okay let's let's keep going in 2010 just right. Um, another uh, movie that she um, I believe executive produces it's her in common. Um, and it's like a basketball and like sexy and it's it's her and Paul Patton and the whole thing is like Paul Patton's the hot one yeah and she gets everything she wants um, and blah 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 and only if Common could see that she's just right I for know. him the um, I yeah that movie's not my favorite um, and I don't even necessarily understand the narrative arc to a lot of it i'll be honest because it kind of like i don't i don't know i feel like you could easily get rid of paul Patton's character and still have a movie which is terrible um but right it's almost as if they needed to like have some sort of like visual foil like right why why wouldn't he want to be with queen latifah when he could be with this skinny girl right who's kind of like a ditz and like has bad you know morals like she's like i'm going places i mean a volunteer from a shelter well you said he was different so i gave him different the girl next door the girl i'd be living in this big ass house i'm bagging this one girl i can feel it wait a minute you didn't even give him your number when he asked you for it yeah which is probably the first time a woman's done that to him since he got to the nba trust me it's it's frustrating because i would say the rest of the cast is is filled out with people i really like being you know pam greer plays their mother 
Felicia yes. Rashad plays Common's mother. Um, and also, just shout out to uh, Wendy and Lisa did the music, and Wendy and Lisa are from the Revolution Prince's band. So just oh, casual, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally cool with that. But <laughs> just totally not cool. not a great movie. Maybe just listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> In 2012, she has two big projects come out. The first one being the Steel Magnolias remake for Lifetime. Like you said, Alfred Woodard is the best. Like the best part of Steel Magnolias is Alfred Woodard and Felicia Rashad. Yeah. Period. And I cannot believe. Um, and this is not my one star review, so I need to say it. I think Queen Latifah's pretty not good in this. Yeah, she's actively bad, and like I, she I, is snoozing her way through it. And I thought I remembered her being a little bit better but i and it's it's frustrating too because i think there's such a power that you need to bring especially especially to that final yes. monologue and it's not handled in any way that you know she plays malin which is the same character sally field played in the movie so we also brought it up for it and it just is it doesn't have the force or the pull no. and it's it's almost as if queen latifah brought herself down for the other yeah. women to be up and the thing like Melinda though has such energy she's like exasperated exhausted she's i the the scene where her daughter is telling her yeah. that she's gonna be she's pregnant she's gonna have a baby in the original sally field is explosive and her and julie roberts are just like going back and forth yeah and you can feel the love and the the pain between the two of them and this one she kind of just like shakes her head talks really soft and i was like how did this how did steel magnolias get so boring right how your poor body has been through so much does he know what he's asking he didn't ask it was my decision i don't believe that for a minute you want to be the only one to tell me what i can and can't do you just ready to spit nails because you don't call the shots you know what it's just like the tree nobody can trim it but you and it's it's frustrating too because in those scenes, you know, playing the the Julia Roberts role, Shelby is Condola Rashad, who's Felicia Rashad's daughter, who is so good, so good. I've seen her. Yeah. The, speaking of another actor, I've seen on stage several times and just like can hold an audience in the palm of her hand. Yeah, yeah, with those big eyes. I think yeah. Condola. I mean, Condola. I mean, all of them. I think do better than Queen. Yeah. Tifa. Even Which, Jill Scott, who like I don't really know as an actor that much, mm-hmm. and and obviously she's not doing Dolly, but she's right. she's doing her own thing, and I I don't know. It's yeah. There's a lot about that movie that I'm like, if if I don't know if it's like if they had a better writer and more money, and it was an actual theatrical thing. Like again, the, the lifetime of it all just kind of like brings it down. But I don't think it's very hard to take the words. A lot of it is word for word the original. A yeah, lot of it it's, isn't. It's so but, weird, too, because it's like clearly a remake of the movie more so right. than the play, because it it leaves in a lot of the additional stuff. Because as I mentioned before, a couple times that we mentioned it before, the play is all set inside Truvy's uh, salon. salon. And so like they, they had to beef up the male characters for the They for add the a movie. lot. And, and even in this, they add even more of the male characters, I thought. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, Steel Magnolia is, I think, good intentions, but 
poor execution. Yeah. Um, she also, that year, Joyful Noise comes out, which is maybe the most embarrassing movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Jeremy rad. Jordan singing um, Yeah, but turned into a Christian rap thing. All I can think is, of is that episode of Community, the Christmas episode of Community, where they're like, it's a Christmas mashup. Fa la 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is hard to watch. The only, the shining star of that movie is Kiki Palmer. Yes. Um, because she is Kiki Palmer. Yeah. She has one moment that I would absolutely be happy if it came out on musical Mondays at a bar when she sings man in the mirror, everything else can just go. But so sorry to this movie. So sorry to this movie. Don't know her. Um, and, you know, after 2012, uh, what do we get? We get, uh, in 2015, um, Bessie on HBO, which was long time in gestation. Yeah. Um, comes out by D. Reese. It's another movie that she gets a producing credit on, um, mm-hmm. an executive producing credit on, and, and like, exactly. clearly a passion project for her um, yep. about the singer Bessie Smith. Yep. Also stars Monique as Ma Rainey, which yeah. is, like, brilliant casting. Um, uh, speaking she, of, well, it's speaking of brilliant casting, they sent Monique the script and they wanted her to play Bessie Smith's abusive sister. And she uh, came back with, I've played this role before. Do you have anybody in line for Ma Rainey? Monique. Smart. True queen. Smart. Smart. <laughs> Very smart. Um, this is kind of was like a, a year for her in TV. Not just that she wasn't doing a lot of other things, but she, so she does Bessie. She does the Wiz live. Yeah. She is the titular Wiz. The year after her um, Fox show star. And it's not until 2017 when she comes out with Girls Trip, um, which is maybe the funniest movie of all time. Oh, I don't know. So I genuinely uh, don't know anybody who, who does not find that movie hilarious. Yeah, so, like, I have not met a single person who's like, Girls Trip, boring. Yeah. Uh, no. Girls Trip is maybe one of the most fun movie-going experiences that I've ever had. Yeah, hilarious. Hilarious. So, so good. Um, and that kind of brings us up to today, you know. Um, over her career, Queen Latifah has sold over 2 million records worldwide. Casual. She, uh, you know, was dubbed the queen of jazz rap. She became the first female hip-hop recording artist to get nominated for an Oscar. Um, she, first uh, hip-hop artist to have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, and, and she, you know, so she has a Grammy Award, six nominations, a Golden Globe Award, uh, two SAG Awards, uh, two NAACP Image Awards. She has uh, one Emmy, um, and it, it's just like she has she has it all. She truly has conquered uh, the queendom with her multiple, multiple talents. Um, and going through, I mean, and again, kind of like the Halle Berry of all, like there are definitely some clunkers in this. Um, and her filmography that I think oh, that yeah. she is not good in. But there are others where I'm just like, man. It feels weird to like compliment her on her mistakes. But I think what's brilliant about her is that she is willing to throw everything at the table. You know, I've, I've heard her in interviews say that she hates the word no. You can tell me no, but then that just makes me re-examine my position. Is it a no because it should be a no, or is it a no because they think it should be a no? And if it's a no because they think it should be a no, then who are they to tell me whether I should be my no? Do I feel it's a no? Hell no. So let's figure <laughs> out a way to make that no a yes, or better yet, let's remove them, let's go around them. Do it and let's make yeah. our own thing so we don't have to ask yes or no. I think that comes through in a lot of the things she chooses, even if they're not the best things. You know, she executive produced the... Uh, 
third season of Scream, which was a reboot and got dumped. You know, she did this terrible horror movie that she executive produced called House of Bodies in 2015 that she also took a very small role in. Uh, but I love that she she's like willing to try things. She's willing to do things. Uh, one of my, one of the my favorite most recent things is um, at the end of 2019, this video game came out called Sayonara Wild Hearts. I bought it to play it and she's the narrator in it. And what's really funny is the guys that made the game um, when the game was bought by Annapurna they they were like oh that's we we're gonna have a narrator and we haven't got anybody doing the narration yet and Annapurna Interactive was like oh well who's on your list and jokingly one of them said like oh Queen Latifah and two weeks later Annapurna sent them an email like hey you have a Skype interview tomorrow Queen Latifah has this amount of time to record and she does the narration for the game and it's great so like I that's just love crazy yeah that she's just like yeah I'll do it and and like to me obviously you're gonna run into some not great things in your career if you're saying yes to a lot of stuff but i think she's just constantly willing to to prove she can do it right totally and she does everything like full force and yeah. um and, and again is in control of her career i didn't know that annapurna had like a video game oh, arm. Yeah. and some, some some of the indie games that they produce are like some of the best what like it's hard um i i I, we forgot to mention in 2019 she also played ursula in the little mermaid live oh yeah Um, that's another thing that like i feel like a a star of her caliber is would be like no i'm not gonna fucking paint myself blue and do it but i think she's also thinking like when the fuck am i else am i gonna get a chance to do this and they're gonna pay me for it sign me up right and I also thought that I think that's a brilliant casting. Like oh, it absolutely. makes so much sense. Queen Latifah as Ursula, yes. Um, and I think, uh, and again, I'm I've paid my um, Ryan Murphy dues, so I did not watch. But she is in Hollywood. Oh yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> she playing Hattie McDaniel, who uh, she was the first black person to ever win an Oscar. Yes, um, and um, I don't know. I'm I I'm happy she got to play that role. I just wish she could have played it in a better property once again to impress upon people that like we're not here to tear anybody down and sure her career has not been sterling from top to bottom but i think the fact that she she is who she is and she's always willing to stay true to that is what makes her so special you know when you hire somebody like angela bassett you know you're 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 hiring them for to 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 dig deep into this character and i think people are a little more surprised when they hire queen latifah because i think they hire queen latifah to play queen latifah and and she's like no i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna give you like everything i can do and it's not just you know it's not just the persona you're buying it's the talent and right and and it's hard because she has such a strong and well-loved persona yeah that i think people are like oh that's a name that's like you know someone that we know we can deliver um but she's like this infinite well of so much more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's time to get into some picks, Gavin. Absolutely. Let's do the one-star reviews. My one-star review, I'm just going to go ahead and get her out of the way. Do it. Is 2004's Taxi. <laughs> um, I could not believe. Yeah. And, and this is just like, imagine... The year 2004 we've survived the millennium um lava lamps are finally out again uh are they let me hide mine 
<laughs> um, but everything is just like skinny girls and like sex and um, you know, and, and Jimmy Fallon is like ascending yeah. as a star. Men in shaggy um, haircuts. You vary that. Uh, 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 CGI is you know a thing now. The birth of CGI doesn't look um, fake. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this movie is just. It, it feels like the concoction of Jack Donaghy. You know, like it's just like some network execs being like. We, we need to put, you know, Queen Latifah in something. And, oh, I have a friend who um, knows Giselle Bündchen. But, like, let's make her, like, this hot, like, bank robber who can, like, drive fast cars. Yeah, yeah, the men will love that. This movie is not funny. This movie does no... There's nothing for anyone in this movie, you know? Like, the so the movie is... Queen Latifah is a messenger who, like, the movie opens with, like, this BMX messenger driving through Manhattan, like, literally on a bike on top of, like, uh, big trucks and going this way and that way. And then she arrives in Brooklyn and takes off the thing and, oh, it's Queen Latifah. And I'm like, honey, you lost me from second one, okay? Um, she's quitting her beloved job of messenger folk in New York to become a taxi driver. She soups up this taxi cab with like inspector gadget type buttons that make it go crazy fast. Uh, on the, on the opposite side, you have Jimmy Fallon who can't drive. Uh Uh-oh. And he tries, he's a, he's a, he's a police officer and his whole gimmick seems to be like, I can do voices and like improv my way through vice things yeah but he's always getting into antics and he's just the dumbest police officer you would ever find um and through shenanigans she ends up being his driver as they try and bring down giselle bunchen and her band of hot girls and i don't know what else to say yeah i don't beyond bad nary a joke in sight there's a whole thing with her fiance, who I think is from Agents of Shield, and there there is Jimmy Fallon's Anne mom. Margaret. Yeah, played by Anne Margaret. Anne Margaret absolutely slumming, slumming. Yeah. I I I cannot believe. I don't know what it's like to age in Hollywood, and I don't know what it feels like to no longer feel like you're relevant. But baby, this was not the way back in. This is also, like, the time when people thought, like, Jimmy Fallon, like, being weird and quirky and singing was, like, funny. So, like, there's a whole moment where Queen Latifah's like, oh, put on some music and you can drive better. And then This Will Be comes on. And then so it's just him being like, this will be, like, it's, it's crazy town. Sing, sing along to Oh, I know I'm missing. Oh, come on, sing. Sing the song. I love to stand This will be. And never last in love. Yes, it will now. Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. All right, now. Put it in dry. Okay. Who says stop singing? Sing! So sing the damn song. I don't want to spend too much on Jimmy Fallon because we're really here to talk about the Queen, but it's. I think I feel like there's very much 
two lines of people that grew up watching him on SNL. There's the people that grew up watching him on SNL and thinking, wow, that guy is really funny and charming and does a lot of weird things. And then I think there are people in my camp who are like, wow, Jimmy Fallon really fucking ruined every sketch he was in because he couldn't stop <laughs> fucking laughing. And so, right. and so and that's what I see when I see him. And this movie looks like that. And to make matters worse, this is one of those movies that has bloopers at the end. And these oh, I know. And they were insufferable. It wasn't like funny bloopers. It just felt like it was leftover material. And they were just like, I guess we got to put something in these end credits. Yeah, it's not it's not Melissa McCarthy bloopers. No, it's trash. It's trash. Um, as far as Queen Latifah goes, I mean, the, the movie has this alleged like plotline of her wanting to one day be a NASCAR driver. Yes. Which is the most bonkers out of nowhere tacked on thing. Um, she is not even she could, I, her and Jimmy have no chemistry, even as like, um, you know, buddies. That right. I don't know yeah, why it's, it's it's impossible to believe that they would hang out with each other for more than 10 seconds, let alone right. l- l- at least a week's worth of sleuthing. Right. And especially when like he is this cop, even as bumbling as he is. And she is literally someone who has illegally tricked out her taxi cab and is like evading the police. Like and, and yet they're like, come on, man, you can do it. Let's help each other out. That type of shit. It's so, so bad um i i i the bottom of the barrel the movie is more interested in showcasing what a weird and quirky talent jimmy fallon is than servicing i don't know a story some characters literally i mean it's name a woman um so yes um it's bad okay so my one star view, I'm going to grab the clutch. We're going to spin around real fast and we're going to drive our way back. See, these are all driving jokes. Uh, are they jokes? Can you can you drive? Um, <laughs> we're heading back one year before that to a little film called Bringing Down the House. OK, yeah. So I had never seen Bringing Down the House. I have a traumatic memory about Bringing Down the House when I was a teen being in a department store and a DVD player being stuck on the menu, and the menu was literally Steve Martin answering the door going, hope you like shampoo, over (sighs) and over and over. So that's what I knew about this movie. But Bringing Down the House is a, quote, comedy. uh, (laughs) Alleged comedy. Alleged. uh, Directed by Adam Shankman and written by Jason Filardi. Already your nemesis, Adam Shankman. (laughs) He's fine sometimes. Um both white uh just putting that out there mm-hmm. um and it's a movie in which steve martin who's a workaholic tax attorney um he's separated from his wife and he decides to start doing some like internet dating and he's been talking to this lady for a while it turns out the lady he's been talking to is queen latifah she's just gotten out of jail she wants to i'm saying gotten out of jail you find out later she's escaped from jail from prison um and she claims she's innocent um she she was accused of armed robbery um and she wants him to help her prove that you know that she's an innocent person and i don't know she's actually really smart but as the movie seems to put it, she's really smart for a black person. And right. And the, the, 
you know, everything goes from there. He has kids with his uh, wife that he's separated from. She pretends to be their nanny. She has to do this because it's really funny that his next door neighbors are so racist that if they even saw Betty White, yeah, Betty White, <laughs> if they even saw a black woman, they would call the police. Um, and yeah, chaos ensues from there. She gets declared innocent. She starts working his law office. I, I just. Oh, and also she falls in love with Eugene Levy, who's like, correct, spit and jive, I guess. Or like, he's like, oh, yeah, back that up. I want that. Yeah. He's like, quote unquote, speaking Ebonics. Listen. I mentioned this before. The early 2000s to the mid 2000s is a really weird fucking time for race relations. And we grew up in this. And I don't think we realized how fucking weird it was at the time. Um, This is a movie that basically uh, without saying like this this movie is microaggressions the film and Mm -hmm. and it's it's almost exists in a universe where segregation never ended because there are no other black people in the film outside of queen latifah's circle like any black person has to be somebody she knows or she brings into the situation and they have to be like quote urban right into hip-hop absolutely Um, they have guns they, yes. they have cigars. They're loud. They love gambling. Right, exactly. Uh, all the white people are respectable or gasp racist. So racist. I, it's a lot of racism in this movie because it's not only Betty White, the neighbor. It's like this client. Yeah. Um, at, who it's is played like by try- Dame Joan Plowright. And then you yeah. also have uh, Steve Martin's sister-in-law played by a Missy Pyle, who's another actor i genuinely love missy pyle is hilarious she she when i rewatched i was like okay missy pyle is secretly the funniest part of this movie yes and not to say that that's like really hard because nothing else no but she's the secret weapon genuinely but what's weird is her character is her character dame joan plowright and betty white are all allowed to be outwardly and verbally racist and therefore they are bad Every other character can be quietly racist in the film, including 100% Steve Martin. Steve Martin says some really fucking gross shit in this movie that's like disguised, clouded language. I genuinely like I could not believe that this movie was like this and that this was made in 2003 because this feels like a movie made in the 50s to me. It is wild how like gen- genuinely racist this film was and I, I i was up i was physically upset by the end of this and let me tell you i watched this immediately after taxi taxi was going to be my one-star review and then i saw this movie and I, I was just so enraged and it it bothered me so much too that the character queen latifah is playing it not only is it about the fact that she's black but it's also playing up a lot of black stereotypes in her physicality she's Mm -hmm. big she's tough she's violent and it and it feels like all these like genuinely what it was like for films in the 50s when it was like oh don't go near black people they they can't control themselves they're right they're rageful animals and it feels i was i was grossed out it feels like, you know, so you're right. So it's 2003. This is like the peak of hip hop culture that had become like TRLized. Yeah. You know, like it was candy coated, colored. It was hip hop for the masses. It was, you know, 
the 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 era of you know white people starting to wear you know baggy clothes and chains and like wanting to be like 50 cent and nelly etc 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 and how funny it is to see a white person trying to uh you know speak in ebonics or or you know uh uh put on th- th- that voice and there's a big scene where steve martin does that he right. pays some you know guys to put on their clothes and like I don't. Even, he's clearly not trying to infiltrate this club. He's white, yeah, but he's like somehow going to wear but, his baggy jeans it, and a. By putting on the clothes, it's it's almost like some sort of mystical blackface because it right, does like, allow him access to the club. Right. It's as if like he gets it, and it's not even just that though. But it, he then starts talking, or I mean, it, he starts talking that way, and it's offensive as fuck. But he. It, it's like using that the, the comedy and it's unlike in BAPS in BAPS there is a scene similar but very different whereas the butler he is repeating what Halle Berry is saying but he's not doing an affectation right Steve Martin is mocking mimicking black culture and how they sound to gain access and entry to this world um and it's and like I said, when I first watched it, it was probably back in 2003, I laughed and I laughed. Right. Watching it now, it is fucking so cringeworthy. Uh, crazy, crazy cakes. Um, I felt so bad. I paid to watch this movie. I I will say, and obviously it's a very different time because it it is a solid one-star review, but the movie was only made for $35 million. And it spent three weeks at number one in the U.S. It earned yeah. $132.6 in the United States and an international gross of $32 million, bringing its worldwide gross to $164.6 million. So just, yeah. I mean, just be more like, obviously, no one can go back 20 years ago and get a refund for a movie they saw then. But like... <laughs> Be conscious of what you're spending your money on, because what that does is that tells the people that made this movie they did a good thing and that there needs to be more movies like this and that there's an audience for more movies like this. Right. I mean, and that's why I when I I was kind of excited to rewatch it, because in my head, I remembered this was a huge hit. And I remember thinking it was very funny um, and was shocked because I think like you touched on something really interesting, like the utility of Queen Latifah in this movie and I think in a lot of the movies and the, the the roles that she's asked to portray, it's very much like the gateway into like blackness. Yeah. Like she's palatable to white people. Yes. Somehow she is disarming. She's not, quote, too black. She's not, quote, too ethnic. Um, but and, and so in this movie, she's trying to have it both ways or this character at least is where it's like, uh, you know, there's a scene where they're literally that woman's asking her to sing a spiritual yeah and she's you know there's there's all this outward racism to her and then she's trying to be like no i'm actually smart and no i'm actually like and so you can kind of see her fighting against it a little bit but there's this like in no sense that she can kind of but she's she's alone in the battle because the rest of the script is against her i mean the entire the entire joke of the movie the entire premise of the movie is that steve martin can't possibly end up with her because she's black because she said she was blonde when they talked on the internet by the way right. yahoo messenger <laughs> hilarious uh, doesn't exist anymore uh, but uh yeah I, I i just that's the entire setup of the thing and so when he answers the door 
and sees her in her outfit and her hair is up and it's not, you know, and he says that, like, I hope you like shampoo. The joke isn't necessarily like, oh, she just got out of jail because they don't tell you they don't tell you how she got out of jail until much later. The joke is that, like, oh, this is a black woman and therefore is dirty and, you know, right. It's it's so it's it's it is it's microaggressions. And I, I don't know how to describe it anymore any better than that it's constantly characters telling her that she's not good enough. And like you said, it does feel like every now and then she gets a moment to fight against it, but she can't because it's baked in. I mean, you think I can't talk like you? Oh, Peter, I absolutely love what you've done with the place. It's so sterile. So, so bland, so wonderful. See, you can do it. Oh, you like that, huh? Well, you can kiss my natural black ass because I don't need your approval. Ah, she don't need your approval. Hey, you don't think I compromise the way I act? You think I like walking around like an uptight the hunky? Yes, I know your lingo. But, right, and when I'm saying like she's trying to fight against it, it's this movie is trying to tell you, oh no, it's fine because right. she's standing up for herself. It's fine that this is happening because she's standing up for herself and she's actually smart, but it's not delivering on that because it's allowing all these people to behave in these ways and there's no you know comeuppance for them there's no like there's no real moment i mean there might be like they give eugene levy the moment to be like right uh, it's don't talk to her that way i love her and it's like you get the moment right like you're the one that's like having to stand up for her like what the fuck uh yeah it's a bad movie it's a really bad movie was there anything else that you saw that was maybe not uh quite up to your standards Oh my god! Joyful noise. Joyful again. noise is so bad. I do. I genuinely. I'm so sorry. I know. I, and trust me. I watched Supergirl. I have watched Smash. I do not get Jeremy Jordan. I do not get it. The man cannot act, and just I he's a great he, voice. He's got a nice he's little a great voice. voice. Yes, he's great voice. Looking real handsome in that newsy cap, but like, yeah. I I I don't know if I have too many feelings about him as an actor. I just know that this movie as a to total thing it either needed to be like more campy and more like kind of like go with the dolly part of it all or like literally just be a christian movie and stop trying to like edge it up like this movie just suffers from like um it's literally pitch perfect except we can't be like boring christian songs we need to like have fun uh you know modern pop songs which which is funny that you i think pitch perfect is a, a good example my example was going to be you know it's it's um it's glee for a religious channel. Like that's, that's what it felt, you know? And, and right. this was supposed to be Dolly Parton's big comeback and just fizzled, fizzled no, right no, out. No, 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 yeah. no. And she's uh, once again, I love Dolly and she gets some good songs in there. So like, I can't, she has some good lines yeah. also, but the overall story is bonkers. And, you know, if you're going to have something in your movie called the, joyful noise national regional finals yeah. just lean in honey yeah you know well i am who i am maybe you were five procedures ago now you whoever you need to be to make everybody love you well Gigi, so larger than life well it pisses me off you want to know what pisses me off not particularly you are gonna hear it it is your holy and vowed fun rigid 
We talked about Mad Money in our Dan Keaton episode. Yeah. That movie sucks. Yeah, it's so boring. Um, I mentioned House of Bodies um, earlier. House of Bodies is a very low-budge uh, horror movie that she executive produced and um, also plays a very small role as... I think an internet nurse. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand her function in the movie other than it was shot over. Her scenes were definitely shot like over Skype and, and like maybe with like, like one camera, but it it is, it's, you know, I'll give it a compliment. It's like a breezy 80 minutes. <laughs> That's, there you go. Yeah. There you go. The editing was tight. Yeah. I mean, it's not editing. It just, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to <laughs> give any compliments to the editing. It's just, it's they, short. They ran out. They ran yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's move into our five-star reviews. My five-star review goes to 2015's Bessie. It has all the, the, the parts to make a great Queen Latifah performance. There is music. There is draw. I, and again, like I think when I saw Chicago, I was like, you know what? Maybe she's like, she just really looks good in that 20s kind of like um, costume. Yeah, with that headband and that little flower on the side. And- yeah, she makes such a good like kind of flappery type woman. Um, but yeah, Bessie, you know, and I read that she auditioned for Bessie in 1994. Yeah. This movie had been in developmental hell for, you know, a decade um, and it wasn't until she finally was able to. I mean, um, the, the screenplay goes back even further than that. Uh, Horton Foote wrote the original screenplay. So, yeah, it's it, he died before it came out. Yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah, it is it, it, 20. The they press release claimed it was 22 years in the making. So, wow. And, and, and you know, I think it, a lot of that has to do with Queen Latifah and her power as a businesswoman she was able to get hbo on board and you know and she was the one who brought on d reese to take another shot at the script such and a direct good choice the movie. such and, a good choice. and after i watched it i was like oh my god who directed this and i was like oh my god d reese who i talked about extensively um was it 2017 2018 wrap up um when we talked about mudbound yes um which was one of my favorite movies of the year uh i think she's just so so good uh might also know her from pariah which i think we talked about in our queer cinema episode great movie um i i think d reese is like she has this like spirit and soul about her and is able to tell the stories of especially like the american south um and such a tender and loving way uh, but so Bessie, it's about Bessie Smith, who was, uh, you know, one of the, the, she's known as the Empress of the Blues, uh, one of the the first most prominent um, Black American uh, singers. Uh, and the, the movie's kind of like this biography, this biopic. Um, it's pretty standard, I would say. There's a little bit of like flashbacks here and there, but nothing like of consequence. Yeah, I, um, I will admit like maybe the one disappointment is that it, it doesn't necessarily play around with the format of uh, the average biopic. I mean, it starts at a concert and um, right. yeah, like yeah, I t- totally. Uh, I will say, though, I kind of liked I mean, I think some people dinged it because it doesn't really show her she dies in a car crash yeah. pretty early in life and they don't show any of that. It ends with her, you know, just kind of 
with her life. I mean, her life story is, you know, she's struggling. She meets Ma Rainey, asks her to join her, um, her, her band of singing, uh, and dancing, um, her show essentially. And Ma Rainey played by Monique, like we've said, um, kind of takes her under her wing. Uh, and, and then from there, it's just kind of like showing her, you know, her ups and downs. She is iconically a, uh, bisexual woman, um, and so, you know, Tika Sumter plays uh, this kind of composite character of uh, women that she had in her life. She was also married to a man. Yeah. Played by Michael Williams. Yeah. Who's and, great. And so good. And so she's married to him. But the entire time they have these flings with whoever they want to. And, uh, you know, they had this like this understanding. And she the story is just like how she was fucked over in the music industry, how, you know, she kind of rised again. Um, she was addicted to, to you know, alcohol. Um, she wants a family. And, you know, it, she truly was, you know, just uh, Bessie Smith. I mean, one of the, the founders, the, 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 the blueprints for American music and rock and roll. And there's this one scene that is like kind of fucking punched me right in the face. And it's just Queen Latifah topless yeah. sitting in front of a mirror and it's just quiet and she's thinking about, you know, her career and where it's going and what she's been through, um, you know, her marriage falling apart. And it's unlike Halle Berry's scene in Swordfish, God help us. Yeah. But this feels the intention is to reveal us the true Bessie. Um, you know, she takes off her wig. She is bearing literally her body, her soul to us. And you can feel like the energy from Queen Latifah is just so raw. I, I a well, beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, and the relationship she has with Ma Rainey, even when they have their falling out and then the, coming back together, it's just so fun. Um, these two actually, Queen Latifah and Monique together, the chemistry is like, yeah, the firecrackers. Uh, yeah, I just love this movie. I was so surprised, and I knew it had gotten a lot of acclaim and love from different, you know, Golden Globes or whatever, blah blah. blah. Uh, but I, the amount of emotion and love in this movie, you can feel her, and it's almost as if like you could feel that she's been wanting to play this woman for ten plus years. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure you have feelings as well. Well, I would just like to say that my five-star review is also Bessie. Uh, Bessie ah! was one of my favorite films of 2015. It fell just outside of my top ten. Um, I rewatched it for this, and it holds up incredibly well. I will say, I, I tweeted out when I was watching this, um, how many big screen uh, biopics have we gotten for, for women of color? really hasn't been that many and i would argue that like this is definitely a theatrical quality movie and absolutely and like what makes oh i don't know what makes like johnny cash more special than bessie smith right uh but but we got that movie and and that won its academy awards um right i mean that's just because you know what people know and that's and that's the gag of it all like People know who Johnny Cash is because he's white right. and had the privilege of being heard by the masses. Bessie Smith literally had to, you know, scratch her way to even get on tours, to even get on labels that were black labels. Right. You know, um, she was 
a big woman of size. She was queer. She wasn't taking anyone's shit. She was getting stabbed. She was, right. you know, she was breaking up plan with- meetings. And I think one of the other great things about the movie is how unapologetically black it is. You know, one of one yeah. of the famous moments for Bessie Smith is early on in her career. You know, uh, a man holds a brown paper bag up to her and tells her she's too black to perform uh you know in terms of color and so when she starts her first show she has her own brown paper bag test in which you have to be darker this morning that's enough clarence give it a bag test what you grinning for you failed you must be darker than the bag to be in my show now get going with your high yellow ass next etta johnson bell buckle tennessee bell buckle lord no yellow bitches. Next. To see a woman who obviously has been hurt for a long time for the way she looks, to finally have the power and to say, I'm going to, uh, you know, lift up other dark skinned black people like me. It just, and, and I got, I mean, Queen Latifah is so, yeah. so good. Again, she, and, and it's, it's removing herself also from the person. Queen Latifah, the quote Queen Latifah that we know, it's almost like you're seeing Dana, like yes. you're seeing Dana acting here. This is not. It, it's funny you should mention that as a as a funny sidebar. I f- found an interview with her where a guy was asking her, of course, it was a guy like, oh, was the the nudity uncomfortable? And she was like, it's in the script. I knew it was coming. Like, I agreed. Right. I agreed to do it. And she's like, besides, I'm I'm naked all the time. My friends call me <laughs> naked girl. That was a very important scene. So. It didn't, you know, I, I just put myself in the place where she was. I didn't really think about, oh, I have to take my clothes off for the scene. My friends call me naked girl anyway. I'm always naked. Like, when I leave here, I'm going to go home and I'm taking all this off and I'm going to get naked. And get in the mirror, but I'll, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't that part. It was really just about the, about the vulnerability of, 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 Bessie at that time and I I think it's one of the most beautiful parts of the movie and I feel like because she has that sort of gauzy like my private life is private you don't always get to see that Uh, the other last thing I will say about this movie uh, because I I think you did a beautiful job and I, I think her performance is really amazing and had it been a full theatrical film she would have definitely been nominated for for best actress because she deserves it uh she Bessie Smith's death is complicated. As you mentioned, it was a car. It, it was actually multiple car crashes. Um, there, there is a myth around it that says that she was brought to a white hospital and they refused to, um, to, to save her. Uh, other people have said there's no way a, a, a specifically black ambulance would have brought her to a white hospital in general, just ever. Um, but uh, Queen Latifah has a no death clause in her contract. And it's because in early in her film career, Set It Off, Sphere, The Bone Collector, all these movies she died in. The movies that I, when I first started doing movies, I always had these death scenes. And Set It Off, I got killed. And Sphere, I got killed. And apparently I died too well. And then I caught on, like, wait a minute. If I die in these movies, I can't be in the sequel. Yeah. (laughs) Get my agent on the phone. We will put a no-die clause in these future movie contracts or never get a sequel. This movie is an uplifting love letter, not only to Bessie Smith, but to, like, the Black musical community. Like, and I 
appreciate that. I mean, there's a scene with Monique when they're reading the reviews about other black artists and she's like, there they go again, trying to put us against each other. This isn't for us. And I, to me, that and that's the, the best part. Like this movie to me feels like this balm, yeah. this kind of like, this is going to be a celebration. This is going to be showing Bessie Smith really go through it and like, you know, fuck up and have issues and problems. But we're going to see her rise again. We're going to see her fall in love again. I think Mike Epps in this movie is very sweet and tender. His performance, again, surprising to me. I was like, didn't know he had it. She, she also has a very complicated relationship with her sister, who's played by the amazing Candy Alexander. I love Candy Alexander. Uh, Charles S. Dutton plays Pa Rainey. So, you, yeah, it's populated with all these great performances, even in smaller roles. It's just a wonderful <sighs> film. It's, it, I really can't say enough things about it. D. Reese is a talent so yeah if you have any hbo things yeah um there's like what nine streaming services you can find yeah. one <laughs> if not on my niece girl. will give you your password <laughs> <laughs> at gavin <laughs> get it for you um other things i think we talked chicago truly is yes. very 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 shockingly very, very good, good. And, and i just once again because i i i really went in very cynically and was like no i had a lot of fun yeah it's, uh, I mean, yes, this is like a wonderful and and it's uh, rightly deserved praise as one of the best movie musicals of all time. Obviously, you mentioned Girls Trip, Girls Trip, hilarious, really great. Oh, in that. my God. Um, yeah, just so funny. And it's so funny because she's not. I mean, she it's it's like her and Jada Pinkett Smith and Regina Hall and the breakout star of the movie tiffany haddish and the funny thing is is i i think queen latifah's kind of cast as the straight man in the movie she's kind of the more serious character the more serious role but i think the movie really gives everybody their due and and lets her do her thing no seriously for real though how long has it been since you got that back blown out i don't know two years maybe wait since terrence I don't know. I mean, I take a vigorous spin class, I read really intense erotica, and I invested in a very powerful detachable shower head, which has been very good to me, mind you. <laughs> okay, that story just put me in the menopause. You getting some this weekend. Straight up, you gonna get at least two dicks inside of you. Seeing these four black women who clearly respect each other, have so much fun together as human beings, and letting them just play in, you know, this... Uh, in this space and then also bringing in this younger generation of uh, of comedic force uh such a pleasure to watch so yeah girls trip is a so so and, good and i will give a shout out even though i i think I, it's definitely solidly more towards the three-star view but like last holiday charming yeah so charming she she pulls off i don't i don't i can't think of too many movies that are able to pull off the um higher wire act that yeah it does um but she does it uh, so yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our picks. Yeah. So before we move into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed reviews review? My one star review was 2004's Taxi. And my one star review was 2003's Bringing Down the House. Boo. <laughs> uh, my five star review was 2015's Bessie. And my five star review was also 2015's Bessie. Let's get into fast forward. Mm-hmm. 
So what do we have coming up for Queen Latifah? We didn't mention this in our rewind. She also has started a program that she developed in partnership with Procter & Gamble and the Tribeca Film Festival called The Queen Collective. This actually started in 2019. And what it is is an attempt to get female filmmakers out there because obviously female filmmakers make up a very small uh, amount of people that make movies. They also make up a very small amount of people that direct television and mm-hmm. direct commercials. And so her goal is to advance these filmmakers. We've seen the the numbers behind what happens when you hire a female director. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the diversity that occurs in the hiring practices behind the lens. And so one person at a, one person can make a big difference. I, I can attest to that. Um, being a person who's gotten to the point in her career where she could decide who was hired and not. I made sure that anyone producing a film for me actively sought a diverse group of people. But if I did not make sure that it was done, then the same people would have been hired again and again. And and I would have looked out past that camera and seen a a bunch of people who did not look like the America I know. She's giving these young women a chance to get behind the camera to express their perspective to to put the message out there because as she has said many times media is a very powerful thing and it has the ability to inform but it also has the ability to uh corrupt and yeah. and it's being able to see your own stories reflected back at you is very important totally and i think for, even from like her living single days she said that she's like i've never seen someone like me on TV before. I've never seen someone like me on the stage on the screen before. I mean, she was making music in like late 80s, male-dominated hip-hop, like tough, tough, tough. From the moment I made the record Ladies First, it it wasn't about uh, telling guys, I don't like the way you talking to me, which was true. Um, But it was, I said, let me look at us first. if If we're standing next to each other, they have no choice but to treat us the way we're supposed to be treated. It's always about let's connect with each other. We're stronger in numbers. When we stand up for ourselves, when we connect with each other, um, they, the, the system is going to have to change. To see her succeed in that realm and then to cross over into mainstream movies, uh, TV. And now literally the next four things on her IMDb page um, that she's acting in, she's executive producing every single one of them. The thing that uh, I mean, she's she's doing a movie called The Tiger Rising with Catherine McPhee and Dennis Quaid. Uh, the thing that I think is the most interesting, or at least what I was, uh, what caught my eye, and I knew about this before going into this episode, but she's producing and starring in a TV remake of The Equalizer. I saw which, that. Which I think most people know of as Denzel Washington films, but there was actually an 80s TV series starring a white British guy in the role. And so she's now playing the third iteration of this character on screen. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of into that idea of her playing the because it's a very badass role. He is or she is not a uh and not a they're a very noble character and not a very nice character i definitely could 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 take a little bit more of uh queen latifah ass kicking on my screen um i don't think we mentioned this but she's 50 years old um still looks the same the woman has not aged at all no no 
literally and she started her career at 19 and yeah yeah that and she's a vet but by, by the time she was in her like 30s she was a veteran of the industry yeah. um so yeah i mean it doesn't doesn't surprise me looking at this long list of projects that she has going on um and again it is kind of like i'm i'm a little bit um astounded at how well she's been able to navigate this career of hers. You know, she had a little bit of personal drama and hardships when she was very young in the, in the biz. But like, since then you just don't hear a single negative thing about Queen Latifah ever. And that's what I love about her. She's able to be a positive force for good in this world and, and to project that and to exude it out. And now it's become part of her mission to, help a younger generation to bring them along and be like, I've had this success. You deserve this success too. And I don't know. It's, it's just a very cool thing uh, that she's able to accomplish. Totally. Is there anything that you think that she hasn't gotten into? Cause once again, she's the fucking Jack of all trades. So is there anything in her career that you think she hasn't gotten to, you know, being a singer and actor? I, I don't know. I know <laughs> she's, I think she's very. I, here's the the key for Queen Latifah to succeed. I think is surrounding her with other people that are on her level. Because yeah, like the looking at something like Girls Trip, comparing it to something like Taxi, clearly like Jimmy Fallon is just like nowhere near. Like the chemistry is just not there. It's just not going to work. And there's no spark. Seeing her in something like Chicago, Girls Trip. Uh, hairspray even like there's just the people that she has this chemistry with that she can really like you know i don't know get that spark and fire going um in something like bringing down the house where it's it's just like almost like they're leaving her like flapping in the wind you know yeah um and so i just want to see her to continue to take control of her career and be able to make these things that she wants to make you know and and if I mean, God, the amount of goodwill and um, energy that happened after a girl's trip, I think, kind of helped empower that even more. And, you know, we're certainly in a time of this new renaissance of, like, black uh, theater and film. And I just love that she's a part of it. And she's not only a part of it in front of the screen, but she's part of it in bringing up the new generation, which is very fucking cool. The only thing I'll say is like, I mean, if we could get a living single okay. going, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I hate mean, that. Would you want to see her in it starring? Yeah, I want to see her. I want to find out what happened to her character. I loved her character. I want to, you know I bet you her magazine's online now. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's a digital publication. Uh, yeah, I think Queen Latifah is, is just an, an amazing multi-hyphenate, very talented singer actress you know she's maintained a vast music career she her last album was released only a couple years ago so yeah she's she's living it up she's you know it's a 90s kind of world and yeah single (laughs) when she's rapping on it it's so good but i think that's a good place to leave queen latifah long may she reign yes black rain yes thank you guys for listening um getting through this pandemic together, protesting together. We really appreciate you guys. Um, Please 
you know, interact with us and come visit us on the internet. Um, Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at, at the mixed reviews. We're also on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. You can write us an email at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you listen to us and the many ways that you can listen to a podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, we're on all the apps. But all if the you could, oh, absolutely. If you could write and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and leave us a little note and we'll read it on the air. If you if you write a review, it helps us out even more than just rating us because I had I did notice we got an extra five star review and thank you so much whoever did that. But, but you know, write a write a little thing, even if it's just like three words. Say, Louis, you're so cool. <laughs> Gavin, meh. Yeah, mixed, mixed <laughs> on you. Mixed. Um, um, Gavin, we're we're going on a little vacation, are, are yes. we not? I think we're taking like a couple two weeks off to go on vacation. I think we're all feeling a little, uh, you know, overworked, burnt out from life. This vida loca, if you will, and I will. Um, so you you won't hear from us. Uh, and, or get a new episode uh, for a, a longer than usual, but we will still be online. Um, Gavin's been posting a lot of fun videos on uh, our Instagram. Um, the clip from Baps made me live, laugh, love Baps even more. So please join us there. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And we'll be back in whenever. Oh, a while. <laughs> a while. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. I guess I felt so deep in love, I grew dependency. I was too blind to see just how it was affecting me. 